Welcome to An Apple a Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. An Apple a Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. So if you get a minute, go over there, check it out. While you're tripping around the web, go over to our group page at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash disabled living. That's going to bring you to an Apple a Day page titled Living with a Disability. Over there, you're going to find conversations going on questions, polls. You're going to find people from all over the world talking to each other. You, you go over there, you might make some new friends, you might find out some information, you'll have some fun. Read the page, answer some questions, join in the conversations. Also on that page is a link to an interview that is airing on Tuesday, 1124. An interview with me, Jimmy Apple, about podcasts and this podcast in particular. So you're not going to want to miss it. It's on WRFZ-FM in Rochester, New York. Now, I know you probably can't reach that on your radio unless you're in Rochester. But there's a link there that you can listen to it over the computer live. So stop over at www.facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash disabled living. It'll bring you to the Apple a Day page, Living with a Disability. And there's the link right there in the messages. You won't miss it. And this way you can hear the, the interview with me. It's on, on Tuesday, 1124 at 5 o'clock at night from 5 to 6 Eastern Time. It was pretty good. It was a good interview. It was a lot of fun. It went well. And it was with two very nice people, Sid and Tamara. So, if you get a chance, check it out. Anyhow, how are you feeling today, my friends? You feeling better than you have been? You feeling better than you did yesterday? Excellent. You can't ask for better than that. Are you taking your medication the way you're supposed to be doing? Are you doing your rehab the way you're supposed to be doing it? Are you keeping your doctor's appointments the way you're supposed to be? Hey, we're in the second wave of the COVID-19 disease here. It sucks. And anyone that doesn't believe it, turn on the news. Anyone that doesn't believe it, you probably don't believe that the Holocaust happened either. I'm so sick and tired of hearing people, I don't want to wear a mask. I know I repeat this every week. Now, I've been watching the news and I see people, they're going to travel for Thanksgiving. They don't think this is really true. Here they are online, in airports, no masks. They got their kids and they're going to come back and you're going to see people with COVID-19 when they come back and they're going to be blaming everybody. They're going to be trying to sue airports and airlines. It's everybody else's fault except for theirs. And then they'll say, well, I didn't believe it, but now I do. Yeah, I guess I guess you would once you have it, right? But it's so it's so ridiculous. All you have to do is wear a mask. Wear a mask, 
Protect others. Protect your family. Protect yourself. Protect your family and friends. But no, that's too difficult for some to do. That's just too difficult. It's too uncomfortable. You make me sick. Anyhow, we have got a really good one for you today. Have you ever heard of Chad Forster? He's a motivational speaker. The man went blind at an early age. He was in his teens when he went blind from an eye disease. But that didn't stop him in life. That didn't. He wrote a book, How to Go from Victim to Visionary. It comes out on February 16th. Chad Foster is a husband, a father, and an avid snow skier. Now, (laughs) I'm not kidding you about this. And he's not one of these people that are partially blind. He's completely blind. Like the guy that you see with the guy dog or the white cane. Chad is completely blind. Yet, he does downhill skiing. Now, I have an interview with him today that I'm going to share with you. And it's so interesting. This guy has such a positive attitude. Now, he is the first blind person to have graduated from the Harvard Business School Leadership Program. He's created billions of dollars for his company, a software company. He's created millions of jobs. And he keeps going. This is is a, a, a disabled person that doesn't let... His disability hold him back. He's amazing. I'm in awe of this guy. And I have an interview with him that I, that I really want you to hear. I really want you to hear it. So we're not going to waste too much time because it is a long interview. And it's a very interesting one. Now, it's not a boring one, let me tell you. It's not, it's not one of your typical boring ones talking about how he created certain products and all. This is about his life. And let me tell you, it's interesting from beginning to end. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into this. Okay, so sit back, relax, get ready for some interesting stuff from Chad Foster. Now, just one thing, if you've never heard of him, take five minutes, go to YouTube, look up who is Chad Foster. It's a five minute video and you'll be you'll be blown away. You'll be absolutely blown away by by who this guy is. All right, so let's get started here. And we're here with Chad Foster. Now, he's the author of Blind Ambition, How to Go from Victim to Visionary. Now, that's coming out on February 16th, 2021. You're going to definitely want to get a hold of this book. You can pick it up on Amazon. I know you can pre-order it there. I've already pre-ordered mine. Let's say hello to Chad. Hello, Chad. How are you today? I'm doing phenomenally well. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. I know you're a busy man. I want to just I just want to say this. This is what I this is what I know about you. <laughs> what I know about you. Besides being a blind man who's made ways in the business world, you're a husband, you're a father. Now, how many how many kids do you have, Chad? Two children. My daughter just turned 12 and my son is 4. Wow, great. And you're you're an avid snow skier. Now, as everybody knows, Chad is blind and he's an avid snow skier. He's a downhill avid snow skier. Chad, 
how did you get started with this, with the snow skiing? I just have to ask that right off the bat. Sure, sure. So a friend of mine contacted me. This was about six years ago, first time that I went skiing. And a friend of mine contacted me, and he goes with some friends to Colorado about every year. And he had just started going with them, and, and my friend had been skiing for a little while. And one of his business partners who goes out there with them said, you know, we've got these services that, you know, ski guides who guide people without eyesight and people with other impairments down the mountain. So regardless of their physical impairment they make accommodations could be people who've lost eyesight or lost motor skills or, or any number of different things and so my friend calls me and says hey i'm going to aspen to go skiing do you want to go and i said well my first reaction was have you lost your mind you know <laughs> are you aware that i can't see you know and he said yeah no they they actually have services though they can teach you how to ski and they can give you directions and me being somebody who likes to to really stay curious before I jumped to conclusions. I did a little bit of research online and found out that you know, it was actually something that, although it sounded really ridiculous, knowingly and willingly hurtling myself down the side of a mountain, not being able to see, there are actually things that we can do to make it safer, I guess, safer than, than one would think. <laughs> and you know, I, I clearly I didn't start off on a on a double black diamond. Started off just getting used to the idea of what I was doing and getting the, the skis on and getting on and off the lift and, and getting down some of the the greens and blues. But that first year was was definitely an experience for me because it sort of taught me that there are things out there kind of waiting on us to to take advantage of them, whether or not we know about them. And it's really important, I think to stay curious and, and to stay open-minded about things that opportunity presented itself and i'll tell you skiing is probably one of the most thrilling no it's not probably it is the most thrilling experience that i've had in my life since losing my eyesight because i was a very active person i was I played sports before i lost my eyesight i drove a car i was always very active and you know with with no eyesight you're always tethered either to a cane or to a dog. I use a guide dog or somebody guiding you. And on the mountain, you're not tethered to anything. You're free. And so it's one of the most amazing feelings in the world. I'm really glad that I took advantage of that opportunity. Can I ask you something? And sure. now, as a being disabled, taking a risk, like, like I know as a disabled person, sometimes I take a risk that I don't consider it a risk, but my wife does, and mm -hmm. she'll try to talk me out of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Being blind and jumping off a mountain and skiing, mm -hmm. did mm -hmm. people try to talk you out of it? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> In fact, my, my wife, the first time I went, got a little bit of a funny story here, so I'm, I'm going out for my first trip, and my wife had a more exaggerated reaction to the idea than I did. I had more curiosity than she had. She had more uh, resolute sense of my husband's lost his mind. Chad is, <laughs> he's, 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 he's left the building. Chad's <laughs> mind is checked out. And so I, con I convinced her and told her it was going to be fine. The ski pros out there are some of the world's best. These people have been skiing since they could walk, or in some cases maybe before they could walk. And so the pros out there are just fantastic. And so we get out there, and it's only a three-day trip. Chad being Chad, I get out there, and I'm, I'm pushing. I'm pushing. I say, listen, I want to make sure that I'm growing here. I don't want to just come out here and say that I've skied just to say that I've skied. That's not what I'm here for. I'm not here to check a box. I'm here to see if I can really grow through this experience. And so I pushed and pushed, and we 
you know, we've made it towards the end of the, the last day, and I was telling the ski guide, look, if I don't have at least, you know, one major yard sale, yard sale is the term they use for a, a major wreck, then I know that I've not pushed it hard enough. Because if you're not flirting with the edge of control, and in some cases losing the edge of control, then I don't think that you're growing. Now, that doesn't mean that we need to be reckless or negligent, but it does, need, it does mean that we need to push ourselves outside of our comfort zones. And so this last day, I kept saying that, kept saying that, well, at about... 1 p.m. that day, I ended up having a really big yard sale, <laughs> and all of my equipment went all over the slope, and I landed kind of awkwardly on a piece of my equipment with my shoulder, and ski guide comes up, and she asks, everything okay? You look hurt. Nope, I'm fine. I got this. I'm fine. You know, I'll get my equipment together and get a couple of more runs in. We eat lunch. Later on, we go and get a couple of more runs in in the afternoon and I fall on that same shoulder again and you know, at least a couple of times and then she sees the look on my face that it was actually not okay something was was really wrong and she said look we're gonna go get you checked out you don't really look like you're feeling that well it looks like it hurts more than it should so we went to the we went to the, the little on-site medic we get into the medic and I you know I didn't um I didn't have my information on me I, I didn't go to the mountain expecting to have to go to a medic Right. So I called my wife and said, hey, honey, how's it going? She said, oh, it's going good. It's going good. She said, how are you? I said, well, everything's going great. We're just here at the mountain, you know, having a good time. Today's the last trip. And, and she said, well, yeah, well, what's going on? I said, I was just calling to see, you know, what's our Cigna healthcare number? <laughs> 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 so, so you know the reaction, right? You can already sense the reaction. Oh, yeah. She came unglued a little bit, <laughs> a, a thing um, to come unglued a little bit. Actually, she came completely unglued and ended up, I ended up getting, you know, an earful from her and then some x-rays and found out that I'd separated my shoulder, oh. which wasn't, wasn't the worst thing in the world. I've had worse than that, but you know, there, there, and that's the only time that I've really ever had any, any injury from skiing. And I've been, that was in 2014. I've been going ever since and i've skied obviously way more treacherous terrain since then but the reality of it is something can happen but so you know i've gotten hurt not skiing i've gotten hurt my dad one time not too long ago maybe four or five years ago so you know what son you don't need to leave you don't need to take the dog to the gym we were going to the gym and we were going to work out together my dad and i and I said, you know what? Okay, that's fine. I'll I'll leave the dog at home because that'll spare you a little bit of hair in your car. I get it, no problem. So we go to the gym. Everything's fine. And as we're leaving, my dad, with you know the best intentions, unwittingly walks me into the side of a wall, <laughs> splits splits my head wide open. So I have to go to the hospital to get stitched up from walking out of the gym. So you know what? stuff can happen no matter what we're doing in life it could be something as benign as going to the gym or it could be something as fun as skiing down the mountain so if i can get hurt either way i might as well have some fun along the way exactly <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> now also on your resume i see you were the first blind person to graduate from harvard business school the leadership program is that correct yeah yeah, that's right. I went to the program for leadership development there back in uh, 2015, 2016. My, my company 
sponsored me to participate in that to, as a reward for the success that, that we'd had collectively with my work on, on winning new business. I had helped bring in with pricing and deal strategy was my area of expertise, and so I helped us reel in a lot of money, billions of dollars in contracts, and so they wanted to reward me, and they, they asked what they could do for me, and for some reason I said, send me to Harvard, and for some <laughs> stranger reason, they said, okay. <laughs> wow. I mean, you, you, take, you take life by the horns. You're doing things that other people, that people that are able-bodied would be afraid to do. And you're taking it by the horns, and you're just grabbing it, and you're grabbing it with both hands. I mean, yeah. the skiing, going off to Harvard—that's <laughs> amazing. And then your work, your work with Red Hat—that you're creating billions of dollars. You're creating thousands of jobs, and you're disabled. Where other people would lay back and say, "I'm disabled. I can't do anything." You're doing just the opposite. I think that's so fantastic. So fantastic. Now, I was reading on one of, on one of, one of the sites that you have stories that you tell yourself, that you can tell yourself about the circumstances and how this can either limit you or propel you forward. That's right. And what do you mean by that? Well, we all have this voice in our mind that plays. And this narrator that we have in our minds can be a very liberating and empowering voice or it can be a very restrictive voice and at the end of our lives all of us will become the stories that we tell ourselves so if you're telling yourself a story of poor me and I'm a victim of circumstance then that's who you're going to be but if you're telling yourself a story of I'm a visionary and I'm going to take my situation and regardless of what life sense regardless of what circumstances befall me i'm going to take that situation for me it's blindness and i'm going to make it look good and it's a very empowering thing so for me personally what i decided jimmy i decided that my story for me is that i went blind because i'm one of the very few people on this planet with the strength and, and the toughness to overcome that and use it as a tool and a platform to reach and inspire other people. I went blind because I could make it look good and, and help other people with it. And that story took my obstacle, my blindness, and turned it into an opportunity. And it also turns it into an advantage. And what I mean by that is when I say that my biggest struggle, my blindness, my biggest perceived flaw happened to me because I am strong enough to deal with it, I've all of a sudden reframed my thinking of poor me, I'm blind, to I'm a strong person. And once mm -hmm. you start reframing your perception of the world around you, it really becomes this self-fulfilling mindset that creates all this momentum in your life to where you start to realize it affects not only the way that you think, so you're consciously using your awareness to tell yourself better stories so you start thinking more productively. You start using words that are more positive and then all of a sudden your actions and your behaviors follow suit. You can essentially see the connection between the words that we have playing in our minds on this reel and the reality around us. It literally changes the world around us. Once you get the positive 
stories going on in your mind. Because if you're telling yourself a story of a victim, then you'll just stay trapped. But if you're telling yourself a story of a visionary, then you can bounce back. But now, let me ask you, when when you first suffered the, the you said you suffered from an eye disease and you ended up going blind. You weren't so positive in the beginning, were you? No, no, the, I was not. So I didn't pop out the other side like this, obviously. It was, there was a journey, right? It took a couple of years and there were some really tough times in there. It was really, there were some dark times in there. I, I, I had to struggle with who I wanted to be when I grew up. You know, a lot of, we ask kids all the time, what do you want to be when you grow up? And none of them said they want to be a blind guy. Right, know? right, exactly. That's never on the list. So I had to reconcile that. I had to figure out how to bridge between the vision that I had for myself growing up and the basket of circumstances placed in front of me. And the gap between reality and our expectations, that's where sadness kicks in. That's where, you know, a lot of people get stuck in that, that gap there and it's natural to be disappointed it's natural to be sad it's natural to question that and to say as i did why me and i said why me as loudly and as fervently as as anybody could say that i was very bitter i was very angry yeah, i can, I I can be- imagine i became very sad and then i realized you know what i was 20 something years old 1920, 21, 22, depending on what phase of the blindness you're talking about. And then all of a sudden, I had an experience, and I'll talk about that experience here in a moment. But after that experience, I started, I kept asking why me, but my tone shifted. And instead of it being the victim tone of why me, this isn't fair, it was an inquisitive tone of why me. Why did this happen to me? And I started exploring that with more of an open mind, more of a curious mind so that I could fill in the blanks as to why something like that would happen to me. And that's when I came up with my alternative stories that I just mentioned before about, you know, what had happened to you, Chad, because you can deal with it. You can overcome it, and you can help people with it. So, so was, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, was going to say, was it like an epiphany that it, it just turned yeah, you around? So I did sort of have an epiphany. The experience that I mentioned a few moments ago happened to me when I went to Leader Dogs to the Blind to get my first guide dog. And when I arrived on campus in Michigan to get my first guide dog, I really had a terrible attitude. And I did feel like a victim. And while I was there, I met people and lived with people incredibly brave. Some people were facing multiple disabilities. Some people had mental impairments and they were blind. And some people were on dialysis because they had diabetes that also robbed them of their right side and then there were these girls there who were deaf and blind wow. and they were getting a guide dog to be independent and for these girls we had to talk with an interpreter who would sign into their hands and that was the only way that they could communicate but these girls uh, were getting a guide dog to be independent and so the living courage that I saw with these people instantly changed my perspective because you hear the cliches about what we have to be thankful for but it's different when you live with someone and you see their challenges firsthand for an entire month, it forces a level of empathy that otherwise gets abstracted away. It's one thing to talk about it in in terms of a platitude, right? But it's something completely different when you're there alongside somebody and you get to see those challenges and those frustrations. And that experience for me taught me that 
life really is it's not about what you don't have or what you lack. It's really about the gratitude for what you do have. And I, I learned there that my happiness and my success in life aren't really, happiness is not a feeling and it's not an emotion. You either choose to be happy every day and be thankful for what you have or you don't. Everybody can find a reason to be dissatisfied with their situation. Mm. I can find a million reasons to be dissatisfied. You can take somebody who has what would seem to be all the health and wealth prosperity, family, friends, whatever. And these people, not all, of them, not all of them are happy. Many of them are depressed. This it's is true. They're waiting. Yeah, and they're, they're waiting on something external to make them happy, whatever that something external is. The really liberating news for all of us is none of us have to wait on anything external to be happy. We can choose to be happy. And that really starts with anchoring ourselves towards gratitude. Gratitude for what we have and gratitude for the, the many blessings in our lives. At home with my kids, we have, we have a gratitude exercise every night because I really believe that if we do this every night where we consciously go through what we're thankful for that day, eventually it's like muscle memory. It becomes something subconscious that by the time my children are grown, Hopefully, they just inherently think about what there is in life to be appreciative for. And so I think it's very important to draw the linkage to what we are thankful for and how it can really give us that solid foundation of happiness. And that, that sort of leads into my philosophy on success, which you know I think is, is it's not an event or it's not a, a destination. It's a, it's a mindset. It's a journey. And... You know, it's not like you arrive and, and somebody says, oh, I'm, I'm successful. Uh, are you? Did you did you just stop? I mean, are you done? Is that what it is? Is that how it works when you get to a point? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you really reach that. I think it's more of a state of being, like, like happiness. Like, you know, you can't be any happier. You can't be any more fulfilled or successful. And, and everybody defines success differently. When I say that, I don't, I'm not talking about money. When I say happiness, I'm not talking about pure joy. You know, there, there's different ingredients to success and happiness. Happiness could, happiness could, could include money. Um, it could also include things like purpose and um, meaningful work and helping other people and giving back and doing something that you're good at and all these different ingredients that go into happiness. And similarly, I think success is, it consists of multiple ingredients as well. So I don't think that either one of these things are places that we arrive at. I think these are journeys that we're on. And that experience at Leader Dog, when I went there, when I was 23 years old, I feel very fortunate, Jimmy, to have learned that lesson at a very young age. A lot of people live their entire lives, and they never really, they never really wrap their minds around happiness and perspective and, and gratitude and I had to pay a very heavy price to learn that lesson but I'm eternally thankful for it because it's completely shifted my outlook on life and changed the trajectory of my life. Well I think in your case and in a lot of other people's cases they open themselves up to it. A lot of people don't open themselves up to it. They're more, some people are more happy to wallow in their problems I guess is a good word and that, that, was, that leads me to another question that I have for you. What advice would you give to people who find themselves disabled later on in life? 
you know, you get people that go to work and all of a sudden, you know, they have a good job and they're taking care of their family. And all of a sudden they find themselves, they got hurt, they're disabled. Now they're on disability. They're not making the money they were making anymore. Now they have to take care of their family. They have to put their kids through college. They have to put food on the table. They have to pay the mortgage, pay the car payments. That mindset, that, what that does to your mind is incredible. What advice would you give them for handling something like that? I think it's about how you choose to look at the situation. So you could look at it as a, as a terrible event. And certainly, I'm sure it has some disadvantages, but it may offer some advantages as well. <laughs> and what I mean by that is maybe it's a, maybe that event could be something that happened in order to put them on a different trajectory for their lives and for their career. And maybe there's an opportunity waiting out there for them to take that opportunity. You know, I've found that, Jimmy, a lot of times we get gifts in life that are wrapped in terrible wrapping paper. And my blindness was one of those gifts in my life. It came in terrible wrapping paper. And if you had told me that it was a gift when it first happened, no way I would have ever believed you or, or conceded the idea. But I have no doubt in my mind that my blindness for me has been a gift. It's, and, and I would even say that I'm not successful in spite of being blind. I think I'm successful because of my blindness. It forced me to reevaluate my perspective, my focus, my effort, my determination, and it's put me on a path that I'm on today. And so for these people who are forced into new situations, really understand what what is that telling you? Like, how could you take that situation? Maybe it's they're on disability and, and maybe they were they were doing some physical activity before you know, in a in a factory or something along those lines and, and that's no longer possible. What can they do? Reevaluate what they can do, not based on their current um, exact situation. For me, I had, I had to go to school, you know, I had to relearn how to learn. I was blind and I, I was a visual learner. I had to relearn how to learn. And the internet wasn't really that pervasive and electronic books weren't available back then. So I had to, I had to relearn how to learn, I had to graduate college and then look for a job after that. And so it wasn't like I immediately had this plan that, oh, yeah, well, now that I went blind, I'm just going to do X, Y, and Z. I had no clue what I was going to do. So instead, I was, in the, I was in the medical major. I wanted to go into the medical field. I ended up getting a medical withdrawal from that major and from my classes because I was taking anatomy and physiology. And I don't mind to feel things, but feeling a dead body's organs is not <laughs> on my list as must have. <laughs> So I said, you know what, I'm good. I'm going to tap out of this. I'm going to look for plan B. And for me, plan B was business administration, not because I thought I was going to be some great business guy. It's because I needed something that was flexible because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wasn't even sure what I could do. And so I needed something that would allow me to pivot in any number of directions based upon what I learned about my condition and what was possible and so I would say the optionality that I gave myself really helped me a lot and so I could evaluate multiple options as I graduated from college but you know don't look at and this this is sort of the overarching theme you know, it, it's it's terrible when this stuff happens I'm not going to pretend that it's, it's great you know I'm not going to pretend that it's ideal but there are things that can benefit from it and if people are telling themselves stories that there's no benefit from this 
and they're not being honest with you. We have to be honest with you. I agree. And that means, yeah, and it, it, it's like, you know, look, my situation, I went blind when I was 20 years old. Hey, I had my cognitive faculty. I, I didn't have any mental impairment. I went blind at the dawn of the information age. The Internet was lifting off and paving the way for a services-based economy that would start booming. Pretty soon I would be able to do all these different things on this thing called a computer and a smartphone and a smartwatch. And, you know, I didn't ask to be born at the dawn of the information age. I didn't ask to be born in the United States, the wealthiest nation on Earth with all this opportunity. I didn't ask to be born in a family who could help me come up in a, in a stable environment. All those things are gifts. We, I could have easily, just as easily, been born, you know, in the, in the 1400s in a medieval uh, plantation where I was expected to do manual labor, not being able to see. So being honest about what we have and the opportunities that are in front of us, I think is important. Both, you know, being honest and acknowledging, like, you know, the situation is not ideal. But it can be worse. There are things that are worse. You know, what's, what's interesting, a lot of people, um, I'm not sure if if you follow history. I, I, I love reading about history, and I don't know if you've looked at the Japanese samurai mm-hmm. as an example. The Japanese samurai, one of the things that they would do almost incessantly is imagine death. And not to be morbid, but to confront the reality of what could happen. And thinking about how worse off things could be really took the anxiety out of the air for them when they were in combat and allowed them to manage the stress. And so I think for all of us, we can look at our situations and go, yeah, it could be better, and yeah, it could be a lot worse. All right, now let me look at what's inside of the things I can control and start working on some of those things that I can control. For me, it was relearning how to learn and getting an education and learning how to use a computer and eventually learning how to write software. And then, you know, even still yet, learning how to write a book and, and give a speech and all those things. But it has to tie to our vision of greatness for ourselves. How can we make our current situation look good? And that vision of greatness that we have for ourselves must include the unchangeable reality of our circumstances. For me, it's blindness. For others, it's going to be something else. But we can't ignore the reality of unchangeable facts. But that doesn't mean that we can't imagine how they could be acceptable for us, how we can make them look good. And if you can start to visualize what great looks like, inclusive of these circumstances, and then all of a sudden you start to get motivated to change the things that you can control, i.e. relearning how to learn and using a computer and all the different things that are more skill-oriented and, and uh, things that we can affect. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Well, one of the things I, I usually close out the podcast with is things can always be worse because right now there's someone somewhere wishing they were in your position. So things can always be worse. So never think that you've hit rock bottom. There's there's always room to fall further. So you, you're not at the bottom. You're, old, you're still on your feet no matter what, no matter what. And no one ever went blind by looking at something from the bright side. So... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that, but no one, you know what I'm saying? There's always a bright side to everything, and you're living proof of it. Yeah, it's, it's all about how we how we choose to see it. It's, it's all ha- about how we choose to see it. But and, you, and Jimmy, uh, I'm having some audio problems here. I don't know if you are, but I'm having some audio problems yeah. hearing you. I'm starting to get it on this end, too. I don't know what it is, whether it's our line or not. But you know what, Chad? 
I want to really thank you for being here today. I, I really appreciate it, and I know the listeners are going to appreciate it. I, I'd love to talk to you again sometime, and I want to wish you and your family a very happy Thanksgiving, and I hope you guys are safe out there, wearing your mask, keeping safe, keeping socially distant. So, are you still with us? All right, that was Chad Foster, everybody. Chad is a remarkable man, and I'm hoping to have him back on again. Unfortunately, partially through, we had some audio issues because of connection problems, but it was clear enough to hear, and his story is so phenomenal. I urge everyone to go out and buy this book. It's available for pre-order right now on Amazon, and like I said, I pre-ordered mine. It's His story is just inspirational. That's the only way I can describe it. So if you get a chance, pre-order it because I got a feeling it's going to fly off the shelves. So it's over on Amazon. Look it up. I think this is going to be a keeper. But anyway, I want to thank you all for stopping by today. I want to wish you all the happiest of a happy Thanksgiving. And please, I know most of you guys are smart. Stay home, socially distance, enjoy the the holidays with your immediate family. And if your immediate family isn't there, you have Zoom, you have FaceTime, you have Skype. Do it that way. So this way, next year, we can maybe get back to a new normal, get back to where we can visit with family. So what, we have to put stuff on the back burner this year. Isn't it better to put it on the back burner than to have our families and friends get sick. Please, don't be selfish. This year, it's just going to be me and my wife. Usually, we have the whole family to our house, but not this year. It's just going to be me, my wife, our two dogs, and our cat. So, you can do it. You can do it. If you get on the computer, talk to some people over at Living with a Disability. Go to your favorite chat rooms. Watch TV. Call a friend, call a relative, but please stay safe. Again, thank you for stopping by today. And remember this, things can always be worse. No matter what, someone somewhere right now is wishing that they were in your position. So things can always be worse, my friends. Okay, listen, I will talk to you again at the end of the week. Have a great week and... I'll see you then. And remember this, that no matter what, no matter what the illness, no matter what the problem, the best medicine is laughter. Remember that, okay? You've been listening to An Apple a Day. My name is Jimmy Apple. And smile. Things can always be worse. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.